For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schuber, floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got it all. Football, baseball, soccer, golf, combat sports, tennis, in-game betting, Vegas casino games, you name it, they've got it on a very simple-to-navigate website that you can check out on your desktop or your mobile device. Of course, we got a deal for you. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up and use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy International Podcast Day to you. Oh, it's a good one. This is a very good one. This is one we can all get behind. We can all celebrate. Happy International Podcast Day to everybody here on this Friday episode of Draft Dudes. Fair to say podcasting has changed our lives. So shout out to yeah. uh, to the what it is and what it's meant to a lot of a lot of people. So uh, and thanks to everyone who's who's chooses to consume these podcasts because it's uh it's a big deal for us. Thank you. And uh you know, obviously one we celebrate every day pretty much. Oh, this this is no good. What's no good? I missed a spot on my oh. <laughs> I trimmed. Trim my scrub. Yeah, I was beard, rocking yeah. like the Chris Schubert stubble yeah. and stuff because I, I can't get on Joe's level, but no. I cleaned everything up and I like I just ran my hand here and, and I missed the spot. spot. It's the worst feeling and, in the world. And I, I'm just going to sit here and pet it until we're done today's show so I can go trim it. So mm. well, takes on ha- takes today. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Lots of takes to get into. We do have a bit of a wee woo moment here before the show while Joe is doing the intro. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown ruled out for the game on Sunday mm. against the Lions. So some injury news coming in here mm. uh, to start our Friday. But yeah, takes on takes. We'll have tattle takes. We have our hot takes. Lots of stuff here on a Friday. Uh, I've got a lot of takes for us to get through. So we'll try to get to the tattle takes and the hot takes, but we have a backlog of listener mm. takes to get to here on the show. So we will we will move at the speed of light to get all of these done. And I the, my favorite thing to do is they come in through the TD and premium discord a lot of the takes and they just they just that chat gets loaded up with them. And I got to scroll all the way back to last Saturday so I can start going through them. And it's very clear when people are putting their takes in as they're watching mm. football games like you can tell their very instant reaction takes. So we start with this take from 
Why Sean RN in the TD and Premium Discord? And I'm just going to go in the order that we have him in. Take Sam Hartman will be drafted in the fourth round or later and have a Kirk Cousins type Ooh. career. No. You lost me on the parlay. Yeah. The first part was fine. Yeah. Be a day, be an early midday three quarterback. Fourth round's probably the ceiling. And then you went and made him a statistical anomaly and an exception to the rule. And, and Kirk, that's, that's take a steep Kirk, Kirk Cousins will make more money this year than Sam Hartman will make in his entire NFL career. Kirk Cousins will make more money this yeah, year. Yeah, I think it's like $35 million or something like that. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a good take. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on right. this take. All right. Let's take from Alex. Micah Parsons, and this take might be very insulting, so have the poop hat ready to go. Micah Parsons has become what everyone originally thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be in the NFL. Mm, I don't think it's poop hat worthy. I think everybody expected Simmons to be more of a uh, coverage and linebacker impact and not a pass rush and linebacker impact. Though, I think that's the difference. Yeah, I I think I I can sort of see where, is it Alex? Yes. Where Alex was going with this in that you think of Micah Parsons as this versatile front seven player and you think of, Isaiah Simmons as his versatile back seven player and both using a lot of athleticism to make plays. Like I can see it from that angle of things. Um, But obviously just identifying it as such leads to very different impacts. But from that angle, I think that's where he's trying to go with this. Let's take from Heldy. Take Jalen Daniels is very fun. Yeah, I, I can agree with this one. This is easy, and this I don't, easy. I don't, I don't need to have, have watched the all twenty-two to to have an yeah. educated opinion on this part of Jalen Daniels. Yeah, agreed. which is that fun. he's he's fun. He's a fun player. So this take from Dolphins Craze came in before the Carolina Panthers won their first game of the year, but I think it's a good take, and I want us to do the thought experiment as a group. Okay, take a coaching staff of the TDN staff members would be better than Matt Rule and his coaching staff. So now we need to decide who's doing what on the TDN staff. Joe's the head coach. The head I coach. Co- I, I couldn't agree more with Joe being the head coach. Keep, keep me out of the real stuff. You know, just kind of use me as a. Uh... No, you're the CEO. Type. You're, you're, you're the leader. You're, you're the, the rah-rah you are guy. The most, he's the most organized of the group. Right. And so we need somebody to to, to, to keep the, the team in line. So I agree 100% that he's the, the head well, coach. Well, I would agree Joe that I'm not a coordinator. Coach. So I'm either the head coach or a position coach. So you're a head coach. We like that. What else do we want to do here? Keith's got to be the DC, right? I, I 100% agree. And I think we've got our offensive coordinator. Is it me, Chris? Is that who you're alluding to as the offensive coordinator? Uh, I, no, I was not going to allude to you as the offensive coordinator. Oh, sick. Dame? I, it's got to be Dame, right? Dame! No, I'm not we're having Dame. Back. No, yeah, we're just okay. running. <laughs> no, we're running. We're running right. power. <laughs> no. So okay. So all right, you're the head coach. You get to make these decisions. Kyle, Kyle's my OC. Okay. All right. Who so else that's... is even in contention? D- DP could be the run game coordinator if Kyle sees fit. Yeah, he's just gonna be my ear to, to pound the rock every play. That's all. Right. We don't need. We don't need this guy trying to get us in third and shorts. 
Who's gonna be who's gonna be our um game decision coordinator? Like because we don't want a Nathaniel Hackett situation on our hands. Jamie. So who's Jamie? No, he's gonna be too conservative. He's never gonna go for it. It's gotta be me, because I'm gonna dial up the I'm gonna dial up the aggression. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna Chris be in your just, ear. Chris wanted to ear. go through that whole thing hoping that I get to Chris. Yep, that's exactly what I was doing. I'm gonna be in your yeah, ear. We're gonna Joe. go we're gonna go until I get I get to my tailor made role for myself. Right. And I'm gonna <laughs> declare it for Joe. <laughs> That wasn't even something that we normally would have got to, right? Like the game day uh, situation. Right, it's coach. like OCDC head coach, special teams coordinator. <laughs> okay, all right, fine, fine. Uh, you can let Jamie do that job. That's fine. That's that's acceptable. Who's going to be our special teams coordinator? Might be me. On, honestly, I was going to say Joe's Joe's background might make him the the right person, <laughs> and that's that's the right part of the ball to. If you're going to be a head coach yeah. and still be hands-on in something, do special teams, be, right? Be a John uh, Harbaugh type. Joe Judge, I know I don't. No, Joe Judge is a bad example because Joe Judge had a special teams coordinator. No, but John Joe Harbaugh, Judge, former special teams guy. Yeah, but so was Joe Judge, and then he got a head coaching gig, and it didn't work out very well for him. Right, but he was he was a bad head coach, but he was not also working hands-on with the special teams. That's he had fair. a special teams coordinator on his staff. I'm saying That's if fair. Joe's going to double dip any side of the ball, that would be the it one. It would be special teams. That's fine. I, I currently have a, a undefeated record as a head coach, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want to go back into the game. You know what I mean? And, and, and take an L as a head coach, though. You know. I think we. I think we could. We would coach really well. I think we do. Coach one game. My father. One game. My father was the head coach. I was the offensive coordinator. It was. Uh, Pop Warner football, fifth graders. And my, my dad got suspended for a game for unsportsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> for sportsmanship issues. Uh, I was very upset about some non call. <laughs> fifth graders, man. Yeah. It's so one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite stories of Joe's like childhood <laughs> and growing up and with his dad. So I had to be the head coach for a game, and we won that game six to nothing. Didn't you run? You ran like the same two plays, right? Oh, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> yeah, because my dad wouldn't let me let us play both players on both sides of the ball. And like, come on, it's fifth graders. We don't have twenty-two starters, right? We got like six, and so we we tried to make this work. Um, and the uh, uh, we were we were we were pretty thin. We were pretty thin. So there's only so much we could do. So we what were, what were the two we, play we calls? Tailored, what was the play? Call? Are you, oh, what I did is I had a I had to come up with an offensive scheme that these kids would understand. So what it, what I did was I numbered every back. So one was the quarterback, two was the fullback, three was the halfback, and then like four would be my wing. We ran like a wing T, and then I would number each hole uh, as uh, as one, two, three, and four, <laughs> and and so we would go. 21 okay so 21 would be the two back fullback. which would be the fullback through the one Dive. hole and i would say right or left hi how, how else do you do it for fifth graders to understand it this, that's what we did had like two passing plays never called them <laughs> so I'd we come would out and, i would have came out and thrown it on the first play just to just, just to, to set the tone yep. soften them up yeah and Four then hurts, come out baby. and run the ball 10 straight plays let me tell you about the sack that we're going to be in second and six <laughs> Real quick, we didn't punt. That was pointless. Imagine executing a snap and a punt with fifth graders. It doesn't so you just happen. Just went for it on fourth or down you, every time. Every single time. And if we get a good punt off, what's the what's what's going to happen? Maybe a five yard net. No, bro. We just went for it. My dad didn't understand that either. 
was like, listen, dude, like we, there's no benefit in punting ever. So, anyways, steak, that was steak from steak from Sam. Take Derek Carr won't be on the Raiders next year. Oh no, I he'll think be on he will. the Raiders. Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I don't see the path there. They just signed. They just signed him to an extension. It just happened. What's the path? What don't we know, Raiders fan Chris? What? What? what, what I mean, people have been trying to run Derek Carr out of the Raiders for a long time now, so I think it's just commonplace to... I guess the only way you think this, and I don't understand the thought process, but you must think that McDaniels at the end of the year is going to be like, I don't want Derek Carr. But like, Mm. why would he have taken the job in the first place? So you're saying like a uh, a Carson Wentz and Indy situation where they had irreconcilable differences. (laughs) That's what we're we're saying would happen here. But why would Josh? But I, the, the tough part for me is Josh McDaniels is going to finally take another head coaching job, and and one of the redeeming qualities of that job is they have a quarterback. And then after one season, he's going to be like, "Nah, you know what? Got to draft a guy. Got to well, okay. just hit the reset button completely." Okay, is this the path? Is this the path? Right now, the owner of the number one pick is the Raiders. I don't see a world where it finishes that way, but if it does, and they love one of these quarterbacks, like is that how it happens? I mean, I guess. I mean, they could reset. I mean, if they traded Carr, would they get out of the, how much of the money would they get out of? And then they would have a quarterback on a rookie deal. They're paying Devontae. They could probably put some investments into the, the trenches, which they desperately need. I mean, I could see it. I, I just think it's extremely unlikely. Hold, hold the phone. Kyle's I, doing Kyle the, was, the contract. Well, he was typing. That's what I thought he was doing. Yeah, and then he's he just looking didn't up the have anything stuff, for me, I guarantee but. it. Okay. Timeout. So Derek Carr. Yes. After this season, we're talking about trading him after 2022. Well, mm-hmm. we're not. Sam is. Sam Teets? Sam Teets. We're just... We're oh, just, really? You know, Sam, you're putting us I'm, in this spot, bud. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little surprised to find out that he would have um, $5.6 million dead cap hit. That's it. That's it. So you can move him. Now, What's there's another take... There's another take later on in the show that I think predicts where Derek Carr is going to play next year. We'll get to that later. But whoa, Let's take from take from Sean Black. Take Brian Hartline should be the most sought after head coaching candidate in college football. Can we get him? At, can we get him an offensive coordinator gig first? Kyle, thank you very much. I understand we love Brian Hartline with what he's doing with those receivers, but we got to progress here. You got to and, and start Brian's plays. one of the best positional coaches in all of college football. So I do not say that with disrespect, but yeah, I think we got to level him up and get him more. You got to wean the the position or the 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 level of responsibility a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I, I would want to see that too, and 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 I'm not trying to diminish any, diminish anything as it relates to Brian Hartline because what he's done is really impressive. But he's also been given premium talent to work with, right? Like this is this is a, a room full of five star receivers that he's that he's maximizing. So I sure. would I would be a little hesitant there. I got yes. it. I got it. We got to go okay. back to Derek Carr. We got to go back to Derek Carr. Okay, go back to Derek Carr. Is he full no trade clause? Well, that's going to complicate things a little bit. <laughs> That uh, that'll toughen up the ability to move him a little bit, and also uh, his twenty twenty three and his half of his, or a small portion of his twenty twenty four salary do fully guarantee on two fifteen twenty twenty three. So 
a, a any team that will acquire him because the league year starts a month after this money guarantees is going to be locked into a $33 million salary for Derek Carr for 2023. So, and he isn't full no trade clause. This take from ours. It's got that fine print here. It's important context for later on in the show. This take from RC take the bears starting two and one, given how they're winning is bad for the long-term health of the franchise field struggling while the defense beats up on unproductive quarterbacks just makes the QB decision more challenging with worse draft ammunition. No, never apologize for winning football games, especially early in a coach's tenure. It's a big deal. It's a huge thing for buy-in. And I think I understand where he's this person's coming from, but I'll take the buy-in over that other stuff all day long. Well, and I think the thing that's interesting is every time we do a Bears mock, what do we what do we say? It's like, man, I, I don't don't really like the value of any of the picks that that would fit their needs. At right. like three right. or four. Or right. Five. At like five overall. So like, okay, win five games, pick 12, and draft an offensive lineman because we're probably going to like the value better with what the optics are of this year's class anyway. Hey, we're already starting in the right direction. We have a first-round pick this year. Well, right. in, in, in how much... How much were we ever going to learn about Justin Fields this year, anyways? Like we've right, all we knew that going in with how they set it up, right? right. We knew but, going in that it was going to be a, right. it, was, it was going to be a wash. But in the in the moment, in the moment, you can't find yourself going back to rem- those reminders, and you have to live in this world where you are frustrated. But at the end of the day, what did you say before the season? Well, okay, here we are. I, I'm growing. I, I grow closer and closer to this take by the day that we live in 17 mini one week seasons where fan bases go through the roller coaster oh, of the yeah. season in a seven day stretch. So like, that's, that's the best happens. take I've heard today. Like it, it, we are three games in the bears are two and one. They've been competitive. They're winning football games. They're starting their new head coach off. Right. And everybody is just going through the roller coaster of, Oh, we shouldn't have won this game. We should be tanking. We should be getting a, like, just let it play out. And then at the end of the year, see where you're at. Yeah. Um, I do have a take, and the take is that the Sonos Ray is the best sound with the sauce. bar in the world. Uh, very excited. My wife and I, we're going to watch uh, Hocus Pocus 2 tonight. We're maybe going to watch another episode of House of the Dragon. Get caught up there. Yellowstone's coming, and we got the best entertainment experience possible because we have the Sonos Ray sound bar. Super easy to set up. You just download the Sonos app. You'll be set up within minutes. You can even use your own remote for control. And then I also love how it brings to life so many other things. It's it's not just TV, movies, and sports, but you want to play audio books or podcasts or music through it. Uh, it syncs up so easily with your devices and puts you in control of everything. So if you want to check it out, visit Sonos.com to shop for the Ray now. We got a first time taker here on the show. Welcome. We're going to call him MB. MB, welcome to the show. MB. Is that because that's it? You don't know how to pronounce what it actually is? 
Correct. Yes. Okay. Cool. And, it's, uh, that's how I would have played it too. So yeah. Well done. First, first time take. Kirk Cousins receives a lot of flack being called overpaid for mediocrity. But if he had these same four years in Minnesota for Detroit or Chicago, he would be considered the best quarterback in franchise history for both franchises. Bonus food take, and this is how you get on the show. You have a first time take, and you have a food take with it. Bonus food take. McDonald's best item is actually the McRib. It's the apple pie, but well, I digress. The, the best item is something that they don't make anymore. The chicken selects were the best thing McDonald's had going, and they got rid of them. I only do breakfast at McDonald's. I don't that's, think I've had fair. a McRib. That's fair. I'm more of a Chick-fil-A breakfast guy myself, but I, I you know. Yeah. Uh, Chick-fil-A, not, not always open when I need it to be. Um, I, I, have you guys had the McRib? I've never had it. I've never had never it. Had. Um, I've never had it, but I've also never had the the Szechuan sauce. Kyle. Okay, I know it's a Kyle. Joe. You won't you won't understand it. It's a it's a Rick and Morty. I know, thing. but Kyle, out of all the people on the show, I not have had it. You, I haven't had the Szechuan sauce. Oh, it's hurtful. And it's I feel like that me not having a McRib misses the mark less than me not having the Szechuan sauce. No clue what we're talking about. Szechuan sauce. It's from Rick and Morty, Joe. It's 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 over here. But it is a real no. It's a real thing. It's uh, soy, ginger, vinegar, and garlic. It's good. So the point that he's making about Kirk Cousins is that if he played for a different team like the Lions or the Bears, he would be revered as this great player. And because he's on Minnesota, we look at him as a mediocre, mediocre quarterback that uh, limitations are uh, not worth paying for. Is that is that he? If that he played for Chicago or Detroit, he would be the Szechuan sauce of quarterbacks for that individual franchise. But is there like this modern history of the Vikings having excellent quarterbacks? Culpepper, Cunningham. Please don't say the name Culpepper. Still raw. Still cuts deep. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but he like, and Premium Discord year. was on one at Happy Hour last night. But, they threw out the names Ted Ginn, Pat White, Dante Culpepper. <laughs> Noel Devine snuck in there at some point. It was wild. No, but they, these were all colossal Miami Dolphins failures. So oh. they they were after me big time. So so Joe, let me let me let me try to give you an example here for you. And I know this is not a great name to invoke because of the the news that he has made recently, but I'm gonna do it. When Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre, like those are tough footsteps to follow in because of what Brett Favre meant to the Packers fans and the Packers franchise. When Kirk Cousins stepped in as the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, were all were, were these great quarterbacks? Christian Ponder, yeah, like, like yeah, like Tavares like, Jackson, Randall Cunningham, Joe Webb was playing a lot of games for them at quarterback. And so, like, like I, I get the point of like if he was on Detroit or Chicago, yeah, he's probably one of the better quarterbacks in those franchises history. But like you know, Matt he's, Stafford he, was still thinking Detroit. He's like, one of the better quarterbacks in Minnesota franchise. Right, history. that's the point I'm making is that like I don't think Minnesota has been like this. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, let, let, let's just boil down Kirk Cousins in five, four, four and a quarter years in Minnesota at this point. He's 35, 30, and one. Uh, he has a 68% completion percentage with 17,000 yards, 129 touchdowns versus 39 interceptions. That's a 5.7% touchdown percentage versus 1.7% interception percentage. His adjusted yards per attempt for his career in Minnesota is 8.0 yards, an average of 260 yards per game and a 102.5 passer rate. I get there's the whole play quality opponents and all that jazz, but like 
You know how many teams would kill to have that kind of quarterback yeah. production over a four-year stretch of time? Yeah, yeah but what does he do in primetime games, Kyle? He's not good. I we also happen we also happen to know that he and Mike Zimmer down the stretch, not so good, right? And I think we we all know that you know everybody rowing in the same direction is essential. And yet, you know, the last two years, Zimmer and and Cousins, quite frankly, didn't didn't really get along, despite the fact that Cousins threw for sixty eight touchdowns in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Got a double take here from Thick of Viloa. You like that take? John Harbaugh's worst mistake in years was letting Wink Martindale go as the DC with the talent they had on defense. They could have been a problem. Second take, Kentucky is now the third most fun SEC team to watch in the conference behind Georgia and Bama, but ahead of Florida, Tennessee, and Auburn. Well, Tennessee's fun. Yeah, Tennessee's yeah, amazing. Like Tennessee. Tennessee's very fun. Here's the thing I'll say about Kentucky offensively. Like, I think DP's low-key the offensive coordinator there. They just <laughs> pound the rock, man. And it's like they'll pound the rock 12 straight plays if they're getting three and a half yards of carry. They don't care, right? I wish their supporting cast around Levis was better. Um, they are kind of a quirky schematic offense. I would put them fourth. Uh, I would say Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee are ahead of Kentucky, and they're the fourth most fun team to watch in the SEC. Are there people right now that are thinking that Ole Miss should be part of this conversation? I hope not. There might be, but they would be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't enjoy watching Ole Miss. Or Mississippi State. It's just it's a less less transferable way of playing, right? Yeah. What was the other part of this? Wasn't there another the take? first part, the Wink Martindale part that the Ravens should have kept Wink Martindale? Got a smile out of Joe Marino. I don't know. It's it's interesting because I I thought it was kind of a an odd thing when it all happened. And then it felt very intentional, like Mike McDonald was somebody that served under him for a while, went and did one year of actual D.C. work with his brother Jim at Michigan, comes over and replaces him. I think you could look at the results of the Ravens' defense right now and and, and agree with that. Um, but they're like I, I just kind of trust Harbaugh. It, it, I know that's lame, right? Like it's always it's the lamest thing you can do is just kind of like, well, I, I kind of just believe in the team. But I mean, Harbaugh's been so good there for like 15 years, eight double digit win seasons, the you know Super Bowl championship, the way they've adapted. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is all for a reason, and I think they're going to come out like they haven't been healthy on defense. I think they're going to be okay, but like there's got to be reasons, right? You don't have the success Wink had there, and then get moved on from for not yeah, for, was, for was pretty hasty. odd, right? Yeah. The surface level, it was odd, but you'd like to think that there was a purpose behind it. I agree. Sam Pete's is back. It's got two more for us. Only one team from the AFC West makes the playoffs. Remember when so, I said only two, and that was like a hot take. I told you, Joe. We we go through seventeen mini one week yeah. seasons. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like Denver might be the one that's best positioned to get there? I know that they're, everyone wants to crack jokes about their coaching staff, but they they're are 2-1. Two and, two and they're 2-1, and, and they're playing healthy. playing good defense. Like You would think offensively it's going to start to click a little bit. Let's let's do this, right? The Broncos are 2-1. and one. 
let's let, what they're not is 0-3 like the Raiders, and they're also not injured like the Chargers. Well, and the Broncos have a chance to bury the Raiders. Like, they beat them this week. They're, this they're three and one. The Raiders are zero and four. That's it. Yeah, the Raiders are right. done at that point. Yep. Well, Dolphins look at look at the AFC in general. Like, wasn't it like when we were doing this over the summer? We were like, man, there might be a ten and 11, 10 or eleven win team that doesn't get in. And right now, do we agree? Do we feel that way? Uh, no, because the AFC South regressed. The West regressed. The, the Patriots North, aren't going to be it. No, the, the Patriots are not going to be it. The North is going to... Bengals don't look that good. Ravens are shaky on defense. I mean, Cle- Cleveland might be in a pretty decent spot right now. Right. The, the, through the first three weeks, I think that's that's the biggest change of opinion that I've had is that I think there's a pretty reasonable chance Cleveland's floating around 8, Assu- 9, 10, and 7 at the end of the year. Assuming... Deshaun, I mean, like Deshaun hasn't played, but he, I mean, we've seen what he can do, right? And and it's that that's kind of weird, right? Because I I do think there's a chance that they will be floating around 500 when it comes time to uh, activate Deshaun Watson from the suspension that he is serving for off the field conduct that you know everybody has is more than entitled to debate the merits of 11 games and the settlement and all that kind of stuff. I I understand all that, but. Like if Jacoby Brissett has you at six and five, you almost—it's really interesting that you might be interrupting the the chemistry of the offense to try to change how you play. Don't don't do the Mike Florio thing. The PFT he, he should. I'm not they, I'm not saying that he shouldn't play. I'm just saying that it it runs you you have the risk of interrupting the flow of how you have been playing games, and if you change it dramatically. How quickly can you acclimate to that? That's all I'm saying. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm not I, doing I, the Mike Florio. I've mentioned, be this to you, clear. I, I've mentioned this to you guys in staff meetings. It will be over 700 days since Deshaun Watson has played in a football game. It's a long time. It's a very long time. So you just don't know. You just don't know what it's what, what the team's going to look like. Uh, Dolphins Craze piggybacked off of Sam's take and says only one team repeats as division winners in the AFC from last year, and he has said it is the Chiefs. Ooh, so he's got. He's no. got. He's got well, Miami winning the East. I, the, the I, I Bills say, are going to win the East. <laughs> I will say that this take was yesterday morning before the Dolphins lost last night and Tua got hurt. So I, I think that's an important caveat to put onto the take. Well, I think if you're the Dolphins, you're certainly hoping that, you know, A, Tua Tungvaloa is his health stabilizes and he can kind of return to normalcy sooner rather than later. But you've got 10 days. Until you play the New York Jets, I don't expect you'll see Tua play against the Jets. But you you have 17 games until your second football game from right now, and you know it's it's hard to say what the timeline is for a concussion. But oh, it, it's all speculation at this point. But you know when he got taken off the field, you know there were a lot of Dolphins fans saying, "Did we just lose our quarterback for the season? Like how bad is this?" And you know, as we've gained more knowledge you know obviously concussions are not something to screw around with and they're not something to be taken lightly but we've seen a lot of football players that have returned to full function uh, as far as neurologically within a two-week window of of suffering a concussion so um i think for a lot of dolphins fans who were like yo like did the whole season just get turned upside down we got teddy two gloves for 14 games or whatever and i i think it's 
I don't know how much their forecast changes, but there is a lot that's currently unknown about that team right now. Well, in what I would say about that is, and and I think Tua's had an encouraging start to the season, and I don't want to take anything away from that, but I don't think I don't think when Kyle and I when we talked about Miami preseason and and you thought kind of eleven win was wins was their ceiling, and I said I think they're a nine or ten win team, kind of that nine to eleven win range. I don't think we were sitting here saying that. Tua was a big reason why we believe that. It was more what this team brought back and has on defense, the McDaniel influence on the scheme, a better offensive line, the receivers, and then how the quarterback can kind of step into this and and provide a serviceable level of play. And so I, I, I liked where Tua was headed. I don't know that my perception of what they can accomplish this year really changes all that much if he's out for an extended period of time. I have a take for the group. Take this might be my hot take for the week. Take the Buffalo Bills are doing their best Baltimore Ravens impersonation from last year with all of the injuries that they're happen they're having. Yeah, it's not good, man. Did you see Xavier Rhodes, Joe, while we're doing the show today? Practice squad corner. Yeah, I mean that's it, but it's like the Bills have had such good fortune with injuries over the last several years, and it's like the opposite it's today. This the, year. the yeah, the normalization is hitting right now. Um, yeah, man, it's not been good. Uh, and I mean, Micah Hyde's out for the year. You're not going to get him back. I think you you can get more healthy, but it's at that point where it's like, well, here comes another game. What's going to get added to the list? You know, and so uh, they need their fortunes to switch because that could obviously derail um, what they can get done this year. The second take from Sam, technically his third take on the show, take we will see another 2,000-yard rusher before we see another 2,000-yard receiver. Teams across the league are trending towards having at least two, if not three, viable wide receivers, plus pass catchers at tight end and running back that take targets away from potential number one receivers. Meanwhile, there's always a team or two that decides to go against the grain and focus their offense on the ground, with linebackers getting smaller and some run-stopping oriented archetypes falling by the wayside on defense. Some teams sooner than later will find a feature back. They ride for 2K. That's a great take. Just like because it's it, it's I think as I listen to you read that, I talked myself into both sides like multiple times. So Sam rebounded from the Derek Carr is going to get traded take. Yeah. Now somebody brought up a good point in the Discord. Uh, Henry had two thousand yards in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and Cooper Cup was fifty three yards away from last year from two thousand. So both both have ha- both one happened and one was close to happening within the last two years. I don't know. I think they're both. I don't know that either one is. I can be convinced that is more likely. Seventeen games helps. Seventeen games helps. Can confirm. Let's take from the real tweebs, and this is where I thought Derek Carr's name was invoked, but it was not. Take Jared Goff will be the Colts' starting quarterback in 2023 as long as Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are still there. All the way out. All the way out. One moment, please. He's looking something up. He's looking up the, the cap up numbers. The on Jared. I'll, I'll, I'll filibuster the... <laughs> for, for a second. But I, $10 as million I've, dead cap. As I've watched Detroit this year, I've gained an appreciation for Goff. I think he's... Stepped up in a lot of ways. I think he's been a good leader for this team. 
I think the team is mostly satisfied with him. And even if they did pick a quarterback next year, I think they'd want Goff to be around. And I don't think that the Colts could sign themselves up for another one of these situations. I don't think Goff, they can. Goff's one of those. He's an easy guy to punch down on. Yes. Okay. Um, Hold on. Can I yeah. can I jump in here real quick? Yes. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff. Who would you rather have if you're the Colts as your starting quarterback? Goff. I'd pick Goff. Probably Matt Ryan. Oh, you did that. (laughs) I think I would take Goff, too. I think Matt Ryan gives you more proficient pre-snap efforts. I mean, that's not that I don't mean to turn my nose up to Jared Goff, and I was just getting ready to compliment him before Chris commandeered the wheel and swerved us into a would you rather. (laughs) Kyle talking about Matt Ryan pre-snap is his nice way of saying Matt Ryan can't throw the deep ball well anymore. (laughs) Well, no, he's he's a very highly experienced quarterback, and he historically has won a lot because of his control at the line of scrimmage and understanding defenses and what he's looking at. Yeah, that's true, and it has to be true because this guy has nothing, nothing in his bag if the play design's not there and he doesn't make those reads. What does Jared Goff have if there's nothing in the play design? <laughs> can move a little. More than Matt. Okay, okay. so would you rather have a guy who's more right in getting the play right at the line of scrimmage or a guy who can move, quote, a little <laughs> if the play is wrong? I don't want either one. <laughs> but if you had to pick... Would you rather have the pre-snap to be in more correct plays, or would you rather have a guy who gives you an iota of mobility versus absolute zero mobility? Give me the mobility in today's world. Give it Did to you me. see Matt Ryan, the sacks that he took? Like, it just looks we can do better. We can do better than that. We can do better. So do we, should, do we need to be applauding the Atlanta Falcons right now for moving on from Matt Ryan when they did? Uh, yes. In the same way that we should be applauding the Dallas Cowboys for moving on from Lyle Collins when they did, when those were decisions that we (laughs) disagreed with strongly, uh, when both decisions were made this off season. I said it after I did that deep dive in the Bengals. I was like, guys, I think their tackles are letting them down and Collins and Williams have been crap this year. Way worse in the middle three. This take from Jamie Eisner. Never heard of him. Take, there will be no round one running backs in the 2023 NFL draft. Well, if you believe this uh, stalker that we have on Instagram, uh, B. John Robinson's uh, not a a draftable player because he fumbled one time. (laughs) The guy just does not stop. He's a big fan of both you and I. Yeah. I do think I do think this this take is a direct response to me on the mock draft saying that Bijan should have been taken by the Bengals. Well, and we, we it took the he was like the the fourth to last pick, right, or third yeah. to last pick. He yeah, was. but we always do that. You always are like, oh, I don't know where to find this spot. Like, if he's a good enough player, somebody will be like, we want that guy. Yeah, I think he's that type of talent, right? Yes. Najee Harris was a first-round pick. Najee Harris was like a top 25 pick, too. He didn't even Travis make it to Etienne the was a first-round pick. 
We didn't have one last year, right? People talked about Brees Hall, former Bills running back Brees Hall. Yeah. <laughs> he was a Bills running back for 72 hours, like Monday through oh, Wednesday, the, yeah. day, the week of the draft. He was a Bill. He's that's uh, why he's right right there with former Bills quarterback Ryan Nassib and former Bills uh, wide receiver T. Higgins. It's that's my favorite part of draft cycle is you do this thing where just like you you pair a player with a team so much <laughs> that like you think they're there even though they've never been there. Uh, there is a take. There is a take that was put in the TDM premium discord today, this morning. And there was a response to the take in which the person who said the take and it was Noah says that he thinks he's going to get the poop hat for the take. And mm. Sam jumped in and said that the take is going to get shot down by all three of us. That we are just not going to like this. Ooh, this is fun. Take. Hendon Hooker will get drafted higher than Will Levis. And the film study at 1 p.m. in the TDN Premium Discord will prove why. Joe, how old is how old is Hendon Hooker? He's a 25. 25. How many years has he been a starting quarterback at the college football level? This is year two, two yeah, and a half. He didn't, even, he didn't start yet. No, well, he didn't start last year as their starter. He's been awesome, though. Like, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Hendon. He's been phenomenal. You guys can uh, see the reflection in the, the thing over my shoulder here, right? Yeah, kind um, of. I guess. I have there to it is. Make you full, there it is. Full oh, it's ready. The film's there's ready to the, go. There's the tape. I got the We're tape. Game? Is it a Florida game or what? It's what, the Florida you game. Got Let's the Florida, go. The 2022 wow. Florida Tennessee. Got the tape. Ready to We're watch doing it today. TD and Premium. Discord doing it there. at one o'clock. So Hennon Hooker, um, Joe, you said he entered 2021 at Tennessee as not the starting quarterback. Was it Joe right, Milton? Joe Milton. Joe Milton Jeez, was the Louise, starter. He took you a really short amount of time to realize that he wasn't it. So Hooker. Entered 2021 with 1,800 passing yards and 312 career pass attempts at Virginia Tech. Then he comes to Tennessee, has 300 pass attempts last year, 31 touchdowns to three interceptions. He's off to a crazy good start this year. He's completed 72% of his passes. He's averaging right around 300 yards per game, 12 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Tennessee's undefeated. Is that factual? Yeah. 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 Um, but a, a two-year starting sample size for a player who's going to be 25 years old, I think, is the hard sell for an early first-round pick. Now, I know he's got great physical tools, and but I am also concerned about Josh Heupel's offense and, and that transition to the NFL. I think there's a couple big barriers here that he's going to have to knock the draft process out of the park. Turns 25 in January. Uh, what if I told you that he's he co-wrote a faith-based children's book with his brother? Would that? Why do I feel like you've brought this up before on the show? I think I you brought it up like on the staff meeting. Yeah. I think oh, you brought okay. it up at the staff meeting when he I've presented him. I've heard this before from Joe. Um, go ahead and lock him into the senior bowl, though, right? I hope so. would be cool. Be good Hooker and, and Will Levis potentially at the senior Woo! bowl? Oh, boy. Would be a good time. Let's go. Yeah, there's and there's other good senior quarterbacks too. Should be a good crop down there this year. Yep. I've got two more takes from the people. Okay. Vontel says folks love to talk about head coaches being on the hot seat. However, I'll go GMs instead. 
Five GMs will get fired after the season. Fired. Woo. The, they are Steve Kime. Won't happen. No. Tom Telesco. Nope. Probably not. Chris Ballard. Nope. Martin Mayhew. <sighs> Joe Douglas. Those are the five from Vontel. I can see Mayhew. So Kyle's, so Kyle's typing, and I, I'm like, Kyle, there's no contracts for GMs. It doesn't work that way. You don't no, I understand. No, there, I understand. there are contracts for GMs. But no, it, doesn't, it doesn't impact the salary cap. Oh. I, well, I don't think the first three get fired. So, so that, Kime, that puts me out on this take. Yeah, Kime's not going anywhere. No. Telesco, are they, come on. No, he's not going anywhere either. Ballard? He could go. You think so? Isn't there like just like so much goodwill there? I know, but if they complete, I know they just beat the Chiefs, and this is a tough, tough thing to say out loud. But if they just completely bottom out, how about John Lynch? Really? Well, I if, well, it, it, is yeah, the bottom going to fall out on San Francisco? Well, and remember the way that that power structure works. Right. It's really just some some. The Trey Lance thing, obviously, you can't predict an injury, but that's it's not good for the heavy and heavy investment that they made. And I think if the bottom drops out, Kyle Shanahan's really calling most of the shots anyway, or at least we perceive it to be that way. Mm-hmm. So if if somebody's head needs to roll because San Francisco takes this huge step back, like it would be Shanahan or it would be John Lynch, it wouldn't be Kyle Shanahan, right? I mean, who else is? Can, can Bill Belichick get fired as the general manager of the New England Patriots? <laughs> he should be. Honestly, he should honestly, be. that's not a bad one to invoke here. It's not. You think he would give up? He get fired. Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, what about I, John Robinson? Doesn't this guy have some questions to answer? I know the team's been decent under his like tutelage, but how many personnel miscues can this guy make before we start to ask questions about him? Can I can I can I ask about Scott Fitter? Of course you can. One of those weird hired after the head coach right. GMs. And now the now potentially the head coach could be on the out. Uh so if we set the over under at three and a half, are you taking the over or the under? I'll take the over on three and a half. I don't think it's the five that Vontel listed. Yeah. So would if I set the over under at four and a half. I'd probably, I'd take the under because I think it's going to be four. So you think it's four, just not necessarily some of the same names that Vontel invoked. Right. Got it. Last take from the people. Let's take from Tim. First time taker. Welcome to the Welcome, show, Tim. Tim. Good to have you. Welcome in. Grab a chair. T. Higgins is a wide receiver one on 25-plus NFL teams. Mm, T. Higgins is really good, but uh, you are effectively saying he's like a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm out on that. I think it's a little too aggressive, but like Higgins has been awesome. I Listen, just think again, that's a little. That's a little. How much strong. do you think T. Higgins benefits from being on that offense, though? Ooh, that's a good philosophical question, there, Joe. A ton. Yeah, a ton. 
you just got to worry about so much. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. Zach Taylor and his bad play calling and how he well, limits that offense too. I wouldn't even say it's bad. It's just it's pretty straightforward. Vanilla. Right? It, yeah, yeah, it's not it, – what they do is not overly complex. They just rely on timing and really, really good talent outside to make it work. Well, and it works. Have re- and it, well, well, and it well, works. Because you have really, really good talent on the outside. Right. So I can Absolutely. Right. And I don't say that to be dis- diminishing to the talent that they have, but it's like they, they're not coming out here doing anything crazy exotic. Like you, you generally know what you're going to get. And it's just can you win your one-on-ones against this team? And if the answer is no, you're going to lose a football game. To close the show here, gentlemen, does anybody have a tattle take or hot takes that they would like to share? My hot take was to be about Zach Taylor, but we just kind of did it. Um, I have a tattle take that's not necessarily meant to be like casting shade on the take, but I think is an interesting discussion point that I had down, and it comes from Dane Brugler. And Dane Brugler said, Devin Lloyd falling to pick 27 was more surprising than Trayvon Walker going number one overall. Give it, I need one more time. Can I get one more time, please? Devin Lloyd falling to pick 27 was more surprising than Trayvon Walker going number one overall. I, I think, think we all just o- I think we all just overthought Devin Lloyd. Well, not all of us, but like in in general, like we love Devin Lloyd. Yeah, but I think a lot of the narrative around Devin Lloyd was that he wasn't a good athlete because he didn't test. But it's like okay, like yeah, he's prototypical size and has incredible instincts and took a huge step forward in in defending the pass. But also like positional value. Like I'm not surprised he fell. That's not a shock to me. That that was where my I I I, I agree with you, Chris. Like, like to me, Trayvon Walker it, going one of all the, with all those pass rushers, I think is more surprising than a linebacker falling outside of the top twenty. Yeah, correct. Even though we kind of like understood that Trayvon was going to be the pick, or you know he was going to go high, Devin Lloyd is a linebacker that's twenty four years old that didn't test well. Like I kind of understand. I th- I think it's fair to say he deserved to go higher and that there was some over analysis just based on what he told you he was on tape. But I I remember I remember doing my final mock draft and like I don't know what to do with Devin Lloyd. Although you knew he deserved to be among those 32. So I I guess that kind of went how I thought it would. But and I'll give you a perfect example. We just did this yesterday. Bijan Robinson's a top 10 talent in this draft from just a pure talent perspective. We could barely fit him into the first round of the mock that we did on Wednesday. Yeah. So like there, there is a positional value conversation that has to happen at some point, And I think Devin Lloyd got swept up in that. Kyle's Kyle's very quiet. I don't know if he agrees I'm, or disagrees I'm, with this. I'm reading our historical mock drafts on Devin Lloyd and uh, the site that tracks where everybody mocks all of the um, the players. I'm sitting here reading the um, the early mock drafts that exist for Devin Lloyd. And shout out Joe Marino on August 31st, 2021, dra- mocking Devin Lloyd 10th overall. That is the oh, highest man. of the uh, early season, like between the start of the cycle and 
November 3rd, there were only or there were only two mock drafts that put Devin Lloyd in the top 20. And they were Joe Marino uh, on August 31st at 10th overall. And Kyle Krabs on October 26th <laughs> put him at 15th overall. You must have had a little bit of a hunch that you were going to find that when you looked it up. No, not really. I just kind of Googled my name and Devin Lloyd to kind of see what would <laughs> pop up. Done and, that a few uh, times. Sure enough. And then I and then I put him at the end of uh November on November 22nd, I put him seventh overall. Which is probably the high water mark for Devin Lloyd in mock drafts. No, that's not true. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to go back and, and kind of take the journey there. It's weird that we called a linebacker that's 240 pounds that ran a four six six with a 35 inch vertical a bad athlete, but here we are. <laughs> Good for the Jags. 10-6 broad. Yeah, great for the Jags. Very good. Um, That's it, right? Takes on takes in the bag. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for checking out the show. Hit subscribe, follow along. Hope to talk with you guys again on Monday. Enjoy the weekend of football that awaits us. Thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends at Bet Online for their continued support as well. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.